0: Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of House of Praise, Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. Through the weekend, we're sharing on the topic Modern Conquerors. we are sharing on the topic, modern congress. Conquerors. So, like we had earlier, we want to bring the spirit of the conference in here this morning. Right? Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I'll read Romans chapter 8, verses 35 to 39, from the New King James Version. Romans 8, 35 to 39, New King James Version. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sweet Holy Spirit, I ask that you inspire me. You know every single one of us that are a part of this service, physically and online. You know us intimately and I ask you to so flow through me that you would release your word for each person with accuracy and we know that when you speak creation harbors birth destiny for us today in Jesus name. So our theme for the conference was modern Concross." I remember when our last born was very young and in elementary school that I would drop her in school. That was the arrangement. I dropped the children in school and Pastor Nike picked them in the afternoon. Well, I got the easier part of the job, because all you had to do was just drive to the gate of the school, the children got down, and you drove off. But to pick them up, you actually had to park your car and walk to the classroom to pick them. So once in a while, I would actually be the one to pick them up. This particular day, I would Oh, well, several times I picked our daughter, but I observed something. I observed that as we were walking through the school, she loved for me to hold her hand. It was after some time that I realized actually that it meant something to her. Because she wanted it to be clear that Pastor Sam was her dad. (laughs) It meant something to her, right? How proud does it make you feel to know that God is your dad? It's meant to do something. Don't you think we should show him off once in a while? Yeah. <laughs> God is my daddy so the passage that we read actually when you read it in full context is about God's love for us so Paul the apostle asked who shall separate us from the love of Christ is it tribulation, is it distress persecution, all kinds of things Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he ends in verse 39, you know, by saying, I am persuaded. You know, from verses 38 and 39, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So he is describing the extent to which he is willing to go to never lose consciousness of that love because of how important it is. Well, the passage also describes the extent to which Satan is willing to go to beat the consciousness of that love out of us all those negative things that you see listed there who shall separate us from the love of Christ Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword everything Satan throws at you is to separate you from the love of God Because when you really look at it, when God planned to save man from the nature of sin, love was his best instrument. It's very important. So let's discuss some of the benefits of being loved. When you know that you are loved, what does it do to you? Maybe two or three of them. Number one, it shows that you have value, it communicates to you that you are valuable, that you are important. John chapter 3, verse 16 means a lot why is it one of the most famous verses of the bible for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for god so loved the world that he gave Hmm. i have meditated a lot on that verse of scripture And I came up with my own definition of love. That love is the recognition and celebration of value. Love is the recognition and celebration of value in another. For example, we know from scripture that God created man in his own image. Every human being is an extension of God. So when you recognize that in the human being, you will treat people differently. When I read Matthew 25, Christ was speaking about the end of the age, then he was speaking about the judgment. You read from verse 31, and he said, That at the judgment, God would separate people. He said he would separate the sheep from the goats. He said he would say to some people, you've done well. I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me water to drink. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. Christ said there would be an argument because even those people would be asking him, you? You, God, I saw you. (laughs) I gave you food to eat. (laughs) When did I see you? And God would respond. For as much as you did it to any of the least of these people, you did it to me. The day I got it, it changed everything for me. In terms of my relationships with people. It changed everything. Because Christ said you would have this other group of people that God would tell to just go into damnation because I was hungry you did not feed me I was thirsty you did not give me water to drink I was naked you did not visit me and then there would also be an argument you God I saw you hungry (laughs) what was I doing If I saw you, God, even if it was my last meal I would have given you, when did I I see you hungry and not feed you? And God would say, for as much as you did not do it to any of the least of these people, you did not do it to me. You know, I just saw something like a headline in my imagination. On the last day, many people will realize that they met God, but they did not recognize him. I had to go back to the creation of man to try to understand what was going on. Because sometimes Christians think that God is only a Christian God. That God only belongs to us. Other people have nothing to do with him. We will be surprised. When I went back and studied the creation of Adam, I saw yes that God formed man from the dust of the ground and then it says that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. Ah then it occurred to me that it wasn't only air that God put inside what he formed. No 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 no. If it was air, I would have created human beings too by now. Yes, I will form I will form people with mud and I will attach a pump And I will pump into their new streets. And they will become living souls. In fact, there is no way I would have allowed my wife to go through the pain of carrying pregnancy for nine months. That's how we would have made our babies. God breathed into his nostrils the bread of life He became a living soul God literally caught man The physical part of man he formed from the dust But the spirit and the soul of man He caught out of himself And dumped inside that body And that first man that he created You will notice he's not done that since then Because the name Adam Means mankind That one man was called mankind And that's why when he sinned The sin tainted all of us And when God would bring the last Adam, he had to sidestep the first Adam and plant Christ directly in in Mary's womb. Every human being, whether they speak in tongues or not, whether they are born again or not, every single human being is an extension of God. Whatever you do to man, you've done it to God. If you didn't know before, hear it now. Anything you do to man you've done it to god christ said so the only thing is i remember when i was in school see when a student is dull the student is dull. even if you give the student the questions ahead of the exam they will still fail that's what will happen the last day because christ already gave us what we call the marking scheme he gave us the curriculum. He gave us the marking scheme. This is what we would use on the last day for assessment. Some people will still fail. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, he said some people will fail on that day. They will still be arguing. When did I see you? When did I see you? He already said it. Anything. In fact, I like the way Christ qualified it. For as much as you did it to any of the list of this just in case your human nature would come in and you begin to categorize people and you will prioritize powerful people over weak people, he went for the lowest. For as much as you did it to any of the least of these people, you did it to me. So I said, excuse me, there's no way you can be a godly person, do it God's way, and ever entertain mediocrity. If your job is to clean chairs, clean the chairs as if it is God that will sit on the chairs (laughs) you can't be a Christian and do a shoddy job so love is the recognition and celebration of value So, so I recognize value so for God so loved God so recognized the value in the man that he created that he sacrificed his only son. What is that supposed to mean? That's supposed to communicate to us that in God's perception, we are worth the life of his son. Am I right? That's what it means. Why would he sacrifice his only son? It means that in his own estimation, we are worth the life of his son. So that's what I'm saying. One of the benefits of being loved... Anybody who's been loved knows that. When you are loved unconditionally by someone, it it communicates to you that they value you. And the moment you begin to do that, you will spot gaps. You will spot gaps between where they're supposed to be and where they are. You will spot gaps between their potential and their reality. And love will motivate you To bridge the gap. For God so loved the world that he gave. The man that he created was designed to be sinless. Now he had the sin nature. So he gave his son to bridge that gap. Get the sin nature out of us. Put his own nature back in us. The proof of love is giving. The proof of love is given. not only giving but sacrificial giving. So we know John three sixteen. How many people know First John three sixteen? First John three sixteen says, "This is how we recognize love, in that he laid down his life for us. So ought we also to lay down our lives for the <laughs> the proof of love." It's not just giving, but sacrificial giving because you're trying to bridge gaps. You see, you see someone hungry, they don't have food to eat. Wisdom tells you that it is beneath their dignity as people created in the image of God to not have food to eat. Then you give them food to eat because they should not die of hunger. Somebody created in the image of God. Being loved communicates to you that you have value. So we call that value self-worth. Being loved gives you self-worth. And there are many derivatives of that. In other words... It changes the picture you have about yourself in your head. Am I right? What do we call that picture? Self-image. Self-image. Being loved improves your self-image. Being loved gives you a positive self-image. Another derivative of that is self-esteem, which is how you feel about yourself. Being loved improves your self-esteem. When you study self-esteem, you realize it's every man's problem, every man's battle. As soon as Adam and Eve sinned, probably the first manifestation of sin was low self-esteem, because the Bible says God came into the garden as he often did, you know, and that he ran away. Because you have self-worth, self-image, self-esteem, self-confidence. They lost all that. Low self-esteem. Practically everybody battles with it. A lot of people don't like the person they see in the mirror. I was there. You see yourself in the mirror and, and you don't like yourself. Because of the circumstances of your life. And then you begin to wish that you were living somebody else's life. You'll you be comparing yourself with other people. You know what Adam and Eve did to solve the problem? Because the Bible says it says that they saw that they were naked. You see that? Now they were seeing themselves as being less than they did before. And the Bible says that they went to cut fig leaves to cover the nakedness, to make up for the loss of value. Fig leaves, A man is still cutting fig leaves still now. Yeah. The only problem is your own fig leaf may, be, may look better than mine. Using material things, it could not solve the problem. It could not solve the problem. So, when someone loves you, They communicate value to you. It boosts your self-confidence, boosts your self-esteem, shifts your self-image. And now we are talking about God loving you. We're talking about God loving you. We battle with self-acceptance because the world communicates that lack of acceptance to us. The people you're comparing yourself with, they're also battling within their their own internal battles. They may have a bigger car than yours. The car is a fig leaf. The fig leaf is just bigger than your own fig leaf they're still battling a lot of successful people still battle with internal battles when it comes to self esteem we call it imposter syndrome you just get a big breakthrough get a big promotion and, and there's a voice speaking to you they will soon find out you think you're really qualified for this do you really deserve this promotion eh? look around do you really deserve it You know? do you really know this job you don't you just happen to answer the questions correctly. Or maybe the, the, your CV, they, they did not help you to package it. <laughs> you will be amazed. The successful people that you are envying are battling, fighting internal battles. Because there's a voice telling them that they're not deserving of the promotion that they got. And that someone will soon find out. They will soon give you an assignment that you won't be able to execute. then the truth will be out. It's amazing. It's a fight. So the game changer, the game changer that forms the foundation for Christianity is the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection. And the fact that when he died, in God's estimation you died God has credited his death and resurrection into your account Romans chapter 8 verse 1 you remember there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus Your, your record is clean and now God sees you the way he sees Jesus Christ because he gave his son for you In his estimation, you are worth the life of his son. So in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, Paul the apostle says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's no longer I that live. It is Christ that is living in me. It's a game changer for me. Anytime I'm beginning to think like, oh, I'm not qualified for something. Oh, somebody's going to refuse me something. Galatians 2.20, I quote it almost every day. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. The me that should have been refused is dead. The me that was not qualified is dead. Dead and buried. Romans 6.3 says, we are buried with him through baptism into death. That as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we also should walk in newness of life. I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. It is Christ that is living in me. So whatever cannot be refused Christ, must not be refused me. If I'm going somewhere and I'm going to ask for something, say, thank you, Lord, because they will not see me. They will see you. They will not hear me. It is you they will hear. Whatever you deserve, that's what I will get. Someone say, good amen. Amen so you are valuable you are special look at yourself again and fall in love with yourself (laughs) if the lord of the universe the creator of the universe sees value in you why should you not see value in yourself whose verdict should you believe if satan ever told you you were not deserving oh you're a failure he lied So, you understand today why Satan is attacking marriages, attacking homes, you know, to push fathers out of the homes. Because we are meant to imitate God's example and love. Love our wives, love our children. Amen? So Satan wants to afflict people, even before they they know what's going on, afflict them with rejection, afflict them with abandonment. It then becomes difficult for people to imagine God as father, because they were abandoned by their physical fathers. But Satan failed. Today is a day of healing for someone. Today is a day of resurrection. Today is a day of restoration for someone in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You have a heavenly father and he is, quote and unquote, madly in love with you. (laughs) 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 Following closely on that is the fact that Being loved delivers you from the pressure for performance. Being loved unconditionally delivers you from the pressure for performance. Because when you are truly loved, you don't need to do anything to deserve that love. You want a good description of it? It's in Romans chapter 5. Right? I believe from verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, it must puzzle God that even as Christians, without his love, When he loved us, when we did not deserve it. Did you hear what I said? (laughs) While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let's reverse to verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God... (laughs) <laughs> demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners <laughs> even when you've committed murder it doesn't change anything you know that story, that parable that Christ gave in Luke 15, we, we call it the parable of the prodigal son it was misnamed so we put the focus on the prodigal son, it was not about the prodigal son it was the father that Christ was actually drawing attention to. It's the parable of the loving father. Yeah. Parable of the father who loves unconditionally. This guy said give me my inheritance. He said take. For God so loved the world that he did, he gave. The guy took the thing went away and they said he spent it on prostitutes, spent, wasted the money Ta-da-da-da. and then at the end of the day when when he was taking care of pig, looked at pig's food and, and was craving pig's food, then he came to his senses, he said that he came to himself and then checked, that's what strategic people do, where is my best point of leverage right now, <laughs> where, where can I put the least effort and get the best result, I will go to my father, I will go to my father. And and the Bible says when the guy showed up, the father jumped up, you know, ran to him, hugged him, kissed him, and then killed the father's cow and threw a party celebrating. And his brother who had been around came and said, what's going on? See, see the difference between the father and him? If it was him, he would have punished that young man. (laughs) Many Christians are like that because they are aware of how some people have lived their lives, the mistakes they have made, if they had the opportunity to advise God. (laughs) Because they are secretly expecting that something bad will happen to someone because of the kind of life they lived and the mistakes they made. I come from a part of the world where we don't realize that wickedness is part of the culture. And that we drag God into it. Because something bad happens to someone and we say in pidgin English, God catch up. <laughs> A total mischaracterization of God. He doesn't catch people like that, my friend. <laughs> He's not looking for who to catch. He's a loving father. Amen. (laughs) (sighs) So, you remember the first temptation that Satan gave Christ? And the temptation, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. Pressure for performance. If you are who you say you are, prove it. <laughs> Once you bite that dangerous, poisonous fruit, you're in trouble. Performance. And the question I always ask, did Christ have the power to do it? Yes. Did he do it? No, Satan, I'm not coming down that road with you. Because at the river Jordan, God said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well. I love this guy. Before he had done anything, he had not performed any miracle, he had not opened any blind eye. God said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. It is Satan that introduces the performance thing for you to get approval, for you to buy love. Ah, It was like Satan would say, "Ah, mm, it doesn't work like that. It's not enough. It's not enough. We need to prove it. If truly you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. And Christ said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Not by these fig leaves, not by the material, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, you see, the father loves me, I love him, I trust him. Anything he says is what it is. So whatever he calls me, that's who I am. He said I was okay without me doing anything. So why should I now begin to struggle to do something to prove what? To get what I have already. It's no need. <laughs> We were successful before we started trying. I hope somebody had that. Yes. <laughs> it's like I draw the attention of Christians to 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. There was a work of exchange on the cross of Calvary. He said he was rich that he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, may become rich. There was an exchange. He took the poverty, didn't he? Yeah. When he took the sin, he took the consequences for sin. He took the poverty on the cross. So what are you still doing with it? What are you doing with the labor? <laughs> he said he took the poverty so that you might become rich. So in God's estimation, you have become rich. Yeah. So uh, the equation for us is different. You are not a poor person struggling to become rich. You are a rich person already, taking practical steps to express your wealth. (laughs) Oh, I pray for someone here today to be delivered from perfectionism. you you won't feel okay, you won't feel you you won't be satisfied with yourself you you, you beat yourself down just because you made a small mistake, it must be perfect be delivered, it's not a perfect world, you are not a perfect person it's not a perfect world Hmm? your husband is not perfect, your wife is not perfect they cannot be, give up We want to raise perfect children, but we're not perfect parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! So the, I had a comedian in Nigeria describing how parents tell their children, "When I was your age, I always came first in the class." <laughs> until the day the child was rummaging through things in the house and found the report card of the parent (laughs) (laughs) that does not excuse us from aspiring to do our work with excellence the only thing is we do that work out of love not out of pressure out of love. You give other people the best that you can and like Jesus said, if you go the extra mile, deliver more than they're expecting because you love them. Because you see them through God's eyes and they are deserving of the best. I'm not under pressure today trying teaching here. So, what will I teach? What will I provide with? God loves each person here. He knows each person intimately. And that was why I prayed. You know each person intimately. Just flow through me. So that something will be delivered that will be useful for each person. That's all. So, So, let God love through me. You are delivered from the pressure of performance. Let me add one more. Let's add one more. Knowing that you are loved delivers you from fear. And associated emotions, knowing that you are loved, delivers you from fear. It delivers you from anxiety. Delivers you from doubt. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says so. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves what? Torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So when you know that whether I make a mistake or not, whether I do the right thing or the wrong thing, my father loves me all the same right it it takes right takes the fear out (laughs) if you grew up in nigeria and you are male the likelihood is as a child you played football you played soccer how old was i when my dad began to buy me balls football the first time he brought a ball home I was almost—I almost freaked out. <laughs> you know, just arrived from work in his car, and they stepped out of the car and brought the ball. It's like what? <laughs> anyway, some years later, I was—I think I was, you know, maybe a teenager now, <clears throat> early teens—and I was practicing with my ball, you know, practicing. So. I began. To, I was playing the ball against the wall of our building. Now it was three floors. We lived in the middle. Our apartment was in the middle, and I was just kicking the ball against the wall. The ball would come back. I would kick it, and my dad came on the balcony, saw what I was doing, and saw the risk. <laughs> so it was. I was kicking the ball against the wall. It was not the wall of our own house. We were, remember, <laughs> middle floor. It was the wall of the neighbor's house, and there were two windows. <clears throat> and in my, with my professionalism <laughs> in football, <laughs> I was <laughs> playing the ball against the wall between two windows. So my dad warned me, be careful, be careful. <clears throat> Look, professionals get all the time what amateurs get once in a while, right? Because of my trust in my professionalism, I continued until I just had the glass break. (laughs) Ah, Especially since my old man had warned me. And the neighbor whose glass I broke was a very tough man. <laughs> so somehow I think they even already had upstairs that I had broken the glass. So I went upstairs. I, went, I did not want that neighbor to come out because he could beat the hell out of me. So, I, I, went, I, I went up with humility. <clears throat> and my dad just came out and said, You broke the glass, right? <laughs> then he went inside, <clears throat> took money, and pointed it and said, And there was somewhere not far from our house where they sold the panes, the window panes. He said, Take, go and buy the window pane. Ah. <laughs> Africa, African father. I thought this is a trick, (laughs) 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 that if he laid his hands on me that day, (laughs) Ah! I could not move. Take my friend so at some point I felt that he meant it so I approached <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me the money and I went bought the pane, window pane, <clears throat> and in fact he was the one that fixed it for the neighbor so i knew mercy before i knew its definition because i experienced it that day i deserved some good beating and he overlooked it perfect love casts out fear there is no fear in love you see not that we should not discipline because we love, but that even when we discipline, the person receiving the discipline should know that we're not visiting our vengeance on them, our frustration on them, that we are correcting them for their own sake, right? Because they did not have boundaries. So we discipline to help them to establish boundaries. It is the, the son that the father loves, that he chastens, right? That he chastises, that he corrects. Perfect love casts out fear. When you are truly loved, you know that the person who is loving you has your back. You know that if something was to come against you to harass you, that this person would stand up for you. Am I right? That's the kind of a relationship that David had with God in the Bible. And you would get it when you read Psalm 23. One of the most famous chapters of the Bible. Should I read it? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. you anoint my head with oil my cup runs over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever someone say good amen, amen. you lead me beside still waters i'm not battling with wild emotions i'm not battling with fear i'm not battling you know with, with anxiety you give me peace because you are with me you are my shepherd and though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death uh, now you know that's extreme right extreme said, so I will fear no evil no trace of anxiety why because you are with me and then when I come through those seasons of terror, of temptation, of, of strong trials, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. So even when, while I'm looking at the enemy, I have no trace of anxiety. I have no trace of fear, because there's nothing the enemy can do as long as you are with me. So, through the weekend, there was a verse of scripture I was sharing with the men. Because the Holy Spirit dropped it in my spirit and said I should use it to prophesy on everyone. Proverbs 31, verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates where he sits amongst the elders of the land. And the Holy Spirit said he is positioning us Now, at the gates, at the places where you make decisions, decisions over cities, decisions over nations. So I see promotion coming. House of praise, I came to announce a new season. What will happen in the next one year is going to be amazing to some people. And Pastor Wally shared, God gave him a word. He shared it with us. And you will be changed into another man. Yeah. This is a shift. Yeah. I said, this is a shift now. Yeah. When, I, when I prophesy what God has said to everybody, I prophesy it for myself. Because the word is not from me, so I have to receive it too. Honestly, this is a big shift for me. Yeah in the next one year you're taking over territories <laughs> what made the difference with joshua and caleb why were they fearless a whole generation that was brought out of egypt were afraid The top leaders of the tribes came to the border of canaan they sent them as spies and and see the words that were coming out of their mouths Oh, the place is filled with giants. Oh, it's impossible. Oh, it's a land that swallows up its inhabitants. Oh, this, oh, that, In fact, we're dead. And we were like grasshoppers in their eyes, and so we were in our own eyes, hey. And Joshua and Caleb said, no, no, we're not part of this deal at all. We are not grasshoppers. God has given this land to us god loves us he's given this land to us (laughs) it's not something we need to struggle to do he has given it and i'm saying to someone here god did not position you on this planet to be a struggler you are here to occupy space on his behalf and to establish his values it's time to possess the culture shaping platforms we've been wonderful amazing God works in dispensations he works in seasons we started fantastic but it's time to move on entering Canaan is different from leaving Egypt entering Canaan is different from leaving Egypt Let me say it again. Entering Canaan is different from leaving Egypt. To leave Egypt, you need raw power from God. Right? And everything that happened to Israel was symbolic of what will happen to us. The lamb had to be slain. The blood had to be put on the doorpost. Israel had to travel three days to be able to cross the Red Sea to get into the wilderness and escape forever from Pharaoh. Everything describing what Christ will do through his death and resurrection. But when it comes to the practical manifestation of establishing the kingdom of God here, it's Joshua's style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Moses was so emotionally involved with those people that came out of Egypt, eventually he got angry. He himself did not enter the promised land because it's a different mindset. And when you get to that point, you can't be emotionally attached with anybody. Whoever is ready, go in. Whoever is not ready, let them stay in the wilderness. The moment they stepped into the promised land, manna ceased. It's not miracles. Now it's principles. You've got to walk the principles. Praying wilderness-style prayers will not help you. I promise you that. What does that tell you? God is saying to Joshua and the rest of Israel what I have given you power and opportunity to do I'm not going to come down to do it I'm not doing it I was giving you free food free food is finished cultivate take seeds cultivate the ground plant the seed the harvest is what you will eat manna finish but to do that you've got to trust absolutely in God's love amen and you've got to be fearless you possess your canaan with faith Trust absolutely in God's love. It's not your struggle that would deliver what God has designed. Before Adam was created, your destiny was designed in Christ. It is destiny. Do do it Jesus' style. John 5:19 and we pray. John 5:19, "The Son can do nothing by himself, right? Then answered Jesus and said to them, "The Son can do nothing by himself, but whatever he sees the Father." Doing. for whatever he does the son also does in like manner the next verse is what I want you to do for the father does what loves the son and does what and shows him all things that he himself does and he will show him greater things than these Christ said come to me all of you that labor and are heavy laden." One transition said, all of you that are tired and are carrying a heavy load. He said, learn from me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Don't be a hydraulic. Hmm? Addicted to hard life. People that come from where I came from, the part of the world that I came from, it, we, we grow up with it. We are addicted to hard life. Anything that is not painful or hard, we are suspicious of it. It's one of the major reasons why we've not been innovating. We are suspicious. When something is very easy, we are suspicious of it. we like the hard one, the difficult one. You come into Christianity like that, it's a sign of low self-esteem. You've not yet received God's love. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Jesus. In the next one year, one phone call will change your status. You will wake up in the morning and the Holy Spirit will put something on your heart. Talk to this person. You act on it, everything changes. He said the son can do nothing by himself, but whatever he sees the father doing. <laughs> so, whatever, what was Jesus saying? Anything you see me do down here, the father already did it spiritually. I'm only doing physically what the father has done spiritually. This, this, this process is easy. Stop struggling for the father loves the son and shows him ah, ah. so Christ was saying anything you see me do that you guys call miracle miracle and you are shouting he said the father gave me video clips Ahead, <laughs> played the picture in my imagination easy life it's time for grace <laughs> what God is delivering in the next one year is coming on the frequency of grace. Yeah. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, ah, what love, what love. You could just have decided to just let this, just wipe this planet out of existence. But you created us out of love and so you could not leave us even us humans we go to the space station then we take pictures of the earth and human beings don't even show infinitesimal like tiny tiny we don't even show but you still so loved us Ah. Thank you, Jesus. You stepped out of eternity, took on human flesh to feel what we feel. And then you went to the cross. Though you did not deserve it, you absorbed the punishment. (laughs) And today, Satan wants to afflict us and you tell him, look at my sacrifice. Look at my sacrifice. Don't touch that one. Look at my sacrifice. So we say thank you. And now Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ I prophesy on your sons and daughters I prophesy I prophesy The days of harassment by Satan are over In the name of Jesus We make an announcement in the realm of the spirit Tribulation trials, joblessness, rejection, failed marriage, failed relationships, no money in the account, we declare here today, they will never succeed in separating us from the love of God. Father, we love you back. Ah! We know we can't do it to the measure to which you do it. But gratefully your word says that your love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So with the help of the Holy Spirit we love you back. We love you back. Thank you Lord. I prophesy on everyone under the sound of my voice every negative picture that satan planted in our hearts concerning ourselves every lie satan told using our performances to define our identity i declare those lies are destroyed i receive for each one a new vision a new vision of you the way god sees you ah thank you lord I receive for each one an infusion of power. An infusion of faith. An infusion of confidence. In the name of Jesus. Every spirit of fear, go in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of anxiety, go in the name of Jesus. And now, Heavenly Father, as we step out, Step out into the sunshine of your love. Step out with springs in our steps. Step out with confidence in you. Like David, we're going to run against the Goliaths that terrorize our nation and our world. And I prophesy, the giants are coming down. The giant of ignorance is coming down receive for someone here today your voice. Receive your voice. Your voice of authority in the name of Jesus. You spoke before, no one minded you. No one paid attention. I prophesy now because it won't be you, it will be God speaking through you. The world will listen to you now. At the sound of your voice, things will move. In the name of Jesus. I prophesy on someone's favor. Now that you see yourself the way God sees you, and now that you love yourself, <laughs> now that you love yourself, I prophesy people will fall in love with you. Strangers will love you they will not be able to explain why. And it will be the God in you that they will love. Favor on a new dimension. Someone who forgot you a long time ago will remember you now. It's your season of favor. Policies will be suspended for your sake. It's your season of favor. Now prophesy, you will attract resources now, like you never did before. You will attract people now, helpers of destiny, people that will help you to execute your divine mandate in the mighty name of Jesus. You will attract material resources, real estate, equipment, like never before. It will be easy. You are attracting financial resources like never before. Because God loves you and people will love you. You are attracting new opportunities. I prophesy on someone a change of label. Change of label, change of title, in the name of Jesus. This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.